Faith for Today with Colin Urquhart and Julia Fisher. Yesterday we started a new series. It's based on the book of Hebrews, but you're making it Hebrews for Today. This is contemporizing this important uh, letter that was written originally to the early Christians. You were talking yesterday about how the introduction to this letter refers to the fact that God has spoken through the prophets and now through his son. And I was saying how essential it is uh, for Christians to believe that Jesus is God, he is the son of God, he is divine, and of course he reigns in the glory of heaven as the object of our worship now. Um, and this, of course, is the uniqueness about uh, Christianity, and this is what raises the revelation of truth that is available through the Christian faith and to a, an entirely different level from all other world religions because God has not spoken through a son in any other religion in the way that he has spoken through Jesus. Now, uh, if, if, if we just read it from the beginning again, because I want to pick up what um, the writer says about the Son. In the past, God spoke to our forefathers through the prophets at many times and in various ways. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his Son, whom he appointed heir of all things and through whom he made the universe. Now, this Son, Jesus Christ, as John points out in the beginning of his um, gospel, was the word through whom God brought creation into being. God spoke and it was done. The word that went forth from his mouth was Jesus. So John at the beginning of his gospel says, the word was made flesh and came to live amongst us. So Jesus Christ is the embodiment of the word that brought all creation into being. So it's an amazing thing that the creator enters into his creation. Now, the important thing is therefore to understand that Jesus therefore understands everything about us, everything about creation, because he brought creation into being. Uh, it's also important for us to understand the tremendous power and authority that is invested in Jesus, because it was that word of authority that was spoken that released the power of God to bring creation into being. And during the earthly ministry of Jesus, we see how he spoke and the storm was stilled. He spoke and blind eyes were open and he spoke and people got up and walked and even the dead were raised back to life again. Tremendous authority and tremendous power in what he says. Now, of course, that is totally unique to Jesus because he is God made flesh and now, of course, restored to heaven and reigning in glory. So the writer says he was appointed heir of all things. Now, everything was created by God and for God. He didn't, he didn't bring creation into being for us. He didn't bring the earth into existence for us. He didn't even bring the human race into existence for the benefit of the human race. He did everything for himself, for his own plans, his own purposes, to fulfill his own um, plan for creation. 
And according to that plan, one of the things that is explained to us in many different ways in the New Testament is to bring everything into fulfillment, into unity, if you like, restore everything to the plan and purpose of God in and through Jesus. So Jesus created. Now, God is love, so he created in love. And in creating humanity, he created a being that was able to love him, to love one another. But love involves a choice. You can't force people to love. If we had been programmed by God so that we had to love him and had to love one another, we would be puppets or robots. We wouldn't really have that freedom of will that uh, is one of the unique things about humanity. So we had the ability to hate as well as to love. We have the ability to reject God as well as love God. Now, you might think, well, that's a very dangerous thing for God to do, to give man so much freedom. But it was necessary for him to do that if man was ready to love him. Now, if God is love, uh, he wants to be loved because love demands a response of love. It, love is a relational word, isn't it? Um, and you see divine love expressed uh, uniquely and completely between the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. But God wanted to bring into being uh, a species, if you like, the human race that would love him and would express his love in the world. The devil, of course, when he f got thrown out of heaven, wanted to do everything he could to cause disruption, division, against God, between people, because he wants to cut right across God's purposes of love. So what God had to do is, first of all, express the nature of his love in sending his son. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And then when Jesus was here, he had to express that love uh, in everything he did. And so you see his compassion for the sick. You see his compassion for the poor, the desperate, the outcast, the needy. You see his willingness to heal. You see his willingness to meet need. You see above all that that love is expressed when he went to the cross. And actually, I mean, it's incredible. Here is God made man giving his life on behalf of those that he created in order to restore them to a relationship of God's love and make it possible for them to live and reign with him eternally in heaven. All that was created out of the love of God. And this is why this epistle is so important, because it explains all this to us and explains how it happens. But you see, he is appointed heir of all things. He is going to inherit everything that God has done, everything, uh, the new heaven and the new earth, when, when that comes into being, will acknowledge everything in that new creation, will acknowledge the lordship of Jesus Christ. Now, the wonderful thing that we're going to discover as we go through this epistle is that all those who um, believe in the Lord Jesus are made co-heirs with him. Now, Paul, of course, teaches the same thing, uh, and, and we see it in other, in other writers too in the New Testament. But here, the writer to the epistle is right in line with, with uh, all the other revelation of truth we have in the New Testament that 
that Jesus Christ is the heir of all things, and if we are co-heirs, then we are heirs with him of all things. The, the incredible thing, Julia, is that God wants us to inherit all things. This is why Paul says when he's writing to the Ephesians, God has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. All things that have to, uh, that, that heaven has are ours as part of our inheritance. And so he also, Paul also says, all things are yours. Now, we've got to get our minds around this because this, this really is a tremendous challenge to our faith because there are so many people that think of God you know, sitting on his throne and eking out his blessings very, very carefully uh, and uh, you know, not, certainly not with great abundance. They don't have the confidence that if they come to God, they're going to receive from God whatever they ask, despite all the wonderful prayer promises that Jesus gave. So this statement right at the beginning of Hebrews that, that the son is appointed heir is, as we go through this epistle, going to have amazing repercussions for us, for all those who believe in Jesus as the Son of God, because that means that they also are able to share that inheritance. So clearly Jesus is far more than just a prophet. Oh, far more than a prophet. I mean, he is God. He is divine. Uh, and we can only uh, inherit all things through God himself. No prophet can can give you such an inheritance. Only God can give you that inheritance. So uh, it's essential for us to believe that Jesus Christ is God. And you see in the in the next verse, verse three, the Son is the radiance of God's glory. Now that means that when he was on earth, he was revealing the glory of God in the things that he said and did. Uh, he's described as the exact representation of his being. In other words, in his humanity, he expressed perfectly what God created humanity to be. So, you know, you see Jesus healing the sick. You see him uh, raising the dead. You, you see him meeting need all around. Well, that is God's purpose for humanity. In the face of all the evil that exists in the world today, God wants a Christian church. He wants believers who are able to do the same things as Jesus, which is exactly what Jesus said. Anyone who has faith in me will do the same things as I have done. Why? Because Jesus came to give us an example of the humanity that God wants us to live and enjoy. This is how he wants human beings to be. Sin has robbed them, has robbed people of the authority, of the power, of the love, of the righteousness and so on that God intends for his people. But Jesus came to restore all that. So he is the exact representation of his being. And, and uh, the more we receive the life of God and reflect that life in our lives, the more God is glorified in our lives. So Jesus said, by this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit and prove to be my disciples. And disciples are called to be like their master. You've been listening to Faith for Today, presented by Julia Fisher. This program is sponsored by Kingdom Faith. For further information, visit our website, kingdomfaith.com. 